News out of Brown's training camp is somebody's not there who maybe should be there. A deep dive into Brown's rookies. A look back at the great Jim Brown. And who's a smart buy for Rookie of the Year conversation? That and much more coming up right now on The Sick Podcast with Andy McNamara. Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast with Andy McNamara. The sickest Cleveland Browns podcast. Cut back by Chubb. He's to the 10. He's still running to the 5. He dips outside left. He's going in. Touchdown. What a run. Nick Chubb. It's going to be sick. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the show. Andy McNamara with you. Yes, Browns news. It's always circling. This is voluntary practices. OTAs coming up as we progress towards training camp preseason. And all that good stuff. So, hey, make sure you're following us on Twitter at SickPodBrowns, at AndyMC81 on Instagram, at AndyMC Sports. Make sure you click follow that notification bell. We love that. We got some, I want to put some questions to you guys today. Okay. So, we're going to put those. I want replies in the chat below and on social media. So, big show. We're going to go through rookie, offensive rookie of the year. There's some interesting odds out. I think we we might be able to get ahead of the curve a little bit. So we're going to dive into that a little bit, look into the Browns uh, rookie class. As we, Listen, we've got some news coming out of how they've looked, how they performed, some videos the team has put out. But first, right after we recorded last week, we got news, the great Jim Brown, Browns legend, arguably the greatest player in NFL history, passed away at the age of 87. An absolute icon in the sports world, social scene, a legend of legends. I want to put this picture up from 2012 when myself and my dad got to meet the great Jim Brown. Now, this is at a Browns backers event. Say what you want about the Browns, but they treat their fans behind the scenes well. And we had got to look at Jim Brown and met Jimmy Haslam the year they brought the uh, bought the franchise and got to meet him right there. So that's me. That's my dad in 2012. And what stood out to me with Jim Brown, guys, was that you were able to sense that he came into the room before you even saw him. That's what was so weird about it. It's cliche. It's like, oh, there's a presence, there's whatever. But we were just, I mean, we were just talking. You just, there was an energy. And he came in and we got to see him and chat with him. Nicest guy, very humble. Jet was appreciative we were there. Uh, he said, oh, great that you're down with your dad and all that. And it was, it was just such a tremendous experience to get to spend three, four, five minutes just talking to him. And it was, uh, it was tremendous. So RIP to the goat of goats, the great jim brown also guys we got a couple new betting partners look in the description below bet 365 for anywhere betting across the u.s and bet rivers ohio if you're in ohio specifically either one or both tremendous sign up bonuses so click on the link there check that out and i'll tell you a little bit later on the show how you can win this weekend you know we're wrestling fans on the program all elite wrestling aew's huge double or nothing pay-per-view you can win to see that And there's a link to buy it right now uh, in the comment section below. So check that out. But with OTAs coming on, we wanted to get into some of the Browns rookies. And I'll talk a little bit later about some some other side news of the team. But the Browns rookies, how do they look? What should we expect coming out of college? So I want to welcome the newest member to the SICK Media team, our now resident scout, NFL draft expert, John Vogel, to the club. John, hello, sir. How are you? Good, man. Thank you for the intro. And uh, let's talk some ball, bro. Yeah, man. Hey, listen, I know you're out of Tennessee, so let's start with Cedric Tillman. 
right? We got he, he went from one type of one color orange to another color orange. It's perfect. It's a perfect blend. And this guy, John, is somebody where let's face it, if he was healthy for the whole year, probably a first a first round pick or high second round pick, right? Absolutely. And I think there were a lot of people that considered him to be a borderline first round, even second round talent. Um, when you go back and you look at the 2021 season with Tillman and what he was able to do with, you know, I guess he wasn't exactly the speed element. You had Vilas Jones Jr. who ended up getting drafted by the Bears. Uh, you kind of had that offense figuring itself out, adjusting to the SEC level. You had an offensive line that wasn't, you know, in shape enough to keep up with the absolute speed and intensity of which a Josh Heupel offense plays at. Uh, but Tillman was one of the bright spots and he just kept shining through, especially as they got later into the year, he destroyed the Alabama secondary, you know, so there's two guys on that Tennessee team that have destroyed Alabama secondaries, uh, put up big numbers against them. Uh, it was close to 200 yards receiving in 2021. And then, you know, they had the big game against Purdue as well in the bowl game that ended up being a shootout down to the end. So he's a very productive guy and it's because he's a big body and he's good and he's quick through his breaks. Um, where he kind of fits on this in the Browns offense, we're going to find out just how, how much do they like Donovan Peoples Jones, which I think they like a lot. Um, and then if they want to go big and size across the board, uh, if Amari Cooper stays healthy, he obviously he'll start over that, but maybe Tillman kind of, or Tillman might fit in that slot or maybe they'll kick Peoples Jones into the slot to kind of be a big presence right there. Uh, and kind of let Harrison Bryant play more of a traditional tight end role. And you got Elijah Moore to work into that conversation as well. Like there's lots of patterns that you can work in into a, a, a new looking Browns offense. Like John, we're used to seeing pound the ball or led by Nick Chubb or three tight end sets or whatever. This is not the case. This is going to be, you're paying Deshaun Watson 200 X million bucks, fully guaranteed. You're going to let the man air the ball out. So we're going to be seeing, is it, and you're right. You can mix and match. Do you put Amari Cooper maybe in the slot? Put Tillman and Moore outside. Put Moore in and keep Peoples Jones on the outside. There's lots of combinations. And when you talk about the size, this is what impressed me most: six three, two fifteen, the fifty fifty ball. And most importantly, because John, we've had some struggles with this in Cleveland over the years, a receiver who can actually catch the football. That seems like a strength, which is a good thing, right? For Tillman, he can catch the damn ball. Absolutely, and good. I think his contested catch rate. I don't have it in front yeah. of me, but it was it was substantial. It was crazy. Um, yeah. And so, you know, obviously the injuries hurt him last year, you know, and but when he did play, when he was healthy against Pittsburgh this past year, he looked pretty good. Um, and then I think there was there was a, the first SEC game of the year if he played that as well, because the first one he missed would have been LSU. Uh, he was mm -hmm. fine there, too. So uh, I'm not worried about the translation, the translation, right, which a lot of people kind of bring up because of just the the, the matter of the offense that Tennessee runs mm. uh, it's wide split offense it's a lot of routes that are basically uh, option routes that you're running against leverage right so when you've got uh, you got a safety he might be playing inside you're you're going to go where he's not and you're going to try to make him run the farthest he has to to cover you um, right that that type of offense isn't something that's used a lot in the NFL so that was kind of another knock was well can this guy run the routes that he needs to and you know, we've seen him with the comebacks. We've seen him with the curls, the timing routes and stuff. I think he'll be fine. I, I'm with you. And I think that a lot is made about that because I, I hearken back to DK Metcalf where they're like, I can't run any routes. It's like, well, I, I, I can teach if it's all about coachability. 
Is the guy open to learning? I can coach how to plant and run a skinny post. I can't teach 6'4", 230 with a body of Batman. And just like Cedric Tillman, you can't teach 6'3", 215 with those hands, with those jump ball abilities and physicality and a willing blocker if necessary too. So that's what I like. And the type of quarterback that we hope Deshaun Watson gets back to his pre-suspension, pre-700 day, um, does this seem like a good fit for Cedric Tillman, that type of uh, that type of quarterback that Deshaun Watson is, the, the big, uh, creativity extending plays, and, and he does have a great arm too? Absolutely, and it's because look at what it, what you, they tried to do with him at Clemson, and then yeah. even in the early years there at Houston, it's uh, Clemson is a team that really focuses on big receivers and being more physical than fast, and especially on the boundary. I mean, they've always had their speed guys too. It's just typically at the running back position or somewhere else. The the wide receivers that typically come out of there are just they're good physical guys. Even Hunter Renfro, he's not a big guy, yeah, but. He's a very effective physical slot, uh, and he's done a great job with the Raiders over the last few years. But, yeah, I think that, that, that a guy like Tillman is sort of like a Justin Ross, you know, that would have been at Clemson at the time, or, or Martavis Bryant. You know, he's that type right. of body type and skill set that you're bringing in. And, uh, yeah, no, that, that fits exactly the type of receiver that Watson likes to throw to. Got some news coming in. Uh, looks like the Arizona Cardinals have released DeAndre Hopkins. Wow. Instead of being traded, Hopkins released. The gong show in Arizona continues. So we'll talk about what that might mean for, for fantasy impact. Nice that it's not in Cleveland for once, but uh, wow, that is a, a big release. Uh, connections to Deshaun Watson. Don't think with the, the price tag, that'll be a fit here, but interesting to see where he goes. Okay, so we got Cedric Tillman. We all like that. Gives you some flexibility too, I think, John, where you don't have to force him in because he could be potentially a replacement if they don't want to re-sign Donovan Peoples-Jones next year or move on for Amari Cooper in two years. You can ease him in and see if he can develop into that alpha one um, body type. And for a third round value, that's tremendous. So we got Tillman going there. Um, next Browns pick, Siaki uh, Ika from Baylor. And this, John, was where we really wanted as Browns fans to get some meat, get some big body dudes in the middle. They signed Dalvin Tomlinson. And for Ica, it was a case where, all right, not necessarily a pass rusher up the middle, but the Browns were gashed so much by just people running just straight up the middle. And when you got two big bodies like Tomlinson and Ica right there, that's got to help. So I think maybe it's something for him that won't show up on the stat line necessarily, but I'm sure we'll see cut downs on those runs. Yeah, if you go back and you look at Ica Baylor, He's not a, his production's not there. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, it, when you've got a guy that's almost 350 pounds and he's playing a nose tackle, you know, zero one tech on the inside, you're not going to get a lot of production. Typically uh, you typically have to be more athletic to produce sacks, right. to produce big numbers in that spot. And Ika, not saying that he's not an athlete, for 350 pounds, he's a great athlete. Sure. But take taking into consideration, you know, the other talent that typically play on the defensive line, he is going to be a step slow. He is going to be a guy that's going to just really be a space eater that you're going to want to eat double teams, take double blocks, contain the center and the guard, and get and keep them on you. Maybe even if you could pressure into the, you know, push the interior of the pocket up, mm-hmm. uh, that buys time for the edge rushers to work around the outside and takes away space for the quarterback to step up in the pocket. That's really the whole, 
idea of having Ika. And like you mentioned, pairing him with Tomlinson is a big thing because that's another guy that you could potentially have taking a double team right next to him. Uh, and yeah. if we're talking about two guys taking double teams, that's what everybody wants is the interior to eat up four blocks. And now you've got one-on-one of your edge rushers uh, is one-on-one with a tight end. So that's the kind of – that's what you're hoping to get out of him. You're not really looking for the production. You're really looking for, mm. hey, clear me a lane so that this linebacker can come downhill and take out this guy, take out the run, or just really just condense the pocket in a passing situation. Yeah, get that push. Grant Delpit, because we know Jim Schwartz likes to use that third safety over extra linebacker, so could open up some space for Delpit. And I really see the additions on this defense here, John, as being all complimentary. It was Zadarius Smith coming. I, I just still am just over the moon with that. That's That's tremendous. But now, like you said, if we get those double teams, if he's eating up two guys, you get that push, you get the so they have to pay attention to you. Well, yeah, that frees up those guys, that frees up Delta, that opens up everything. That's so powerful there. And speaking of a guy who will be in a rotation, Isaiah McGuire, round four out of Missouri, mm-hmm. um, a guy I like, and, and somebody where at that stage in the draft, you you're not going to be getting a complete player because otherwise you'd be a first round pick. But for McGuire, like I really liked what he brought as far as he's got. He's got the movement. He's got some. He's got some moves. He's got the pass rush ability. Maybe can work on the run a little bit. But there's some refinement. But what you could do is put him in in certain situations. Move Miles Garrett. Move Zadarius Smith around. And at some points, at least to start, just say, "Hey, just go get the quarterback." Right? Just go figure that out and see how he does. Yeah, and, and the thing that Isaiah kind of has, I was actually just looking at him today. Ironically, I forgot that he was drafted by the Browns until I pulled up right. the list here, but. Uh, I was looking at him today because I was looking at Missouri, and you always he always pops on tape. Number nine, you're always you always notice him immediately because, and it's almost sad from a scouting perspective where it's like, oh, he's not going to be there this year. Oh, dang! Because it was fun. It was fun to watch yeah. a Missouri defense game. Uh, uh, it's fun to watch the Missouri defense when he's on it. But um, the thing with him is he's he's a really good. He's got a really good combination of speed and power. When you can work it to the outside uh, with that speed to power ability and you can cave uh, around to get down low, as we call bend around a tackle, mm-hmm. uh, win that leverage battle right there, you're going to be a very effective pass rusher. And he did that in the SEC relatively consistently. Uh, he's not the greatest bend guy, which is why he's there in the fourth round, but he is a guy that can work around the outside. He's got some hand technique to him that's already there. Um and yeah, no, I think that if you get him one, he's not a guy that you want one on one with a tight end either, right? Uh, I think yeah. uh, potentially having a guy to rotate on the other side of Miles Garrett or even for Miles Garrett, uh, he is going to be a very solid option. You got Oboe in there as well. So now we see. Now you got some. Now you got some rotation. You got some some things to keep Miles Garrett fresher for the end of games, which he wasn't able to. So I love that pick. Um, one other one on the offensive side. Dewan Jones out of Ohio State. Go Buckeyes. Uh, now, this is a guy who, we talk athlete, right? basketball player, a massive human, 6'7", 300 plus pounds. This is a big dude. And what's interesting from the offensive tackle side, when you look at those, it's how do these guys move? That's where the quick little shuttle, right? How do they, how are their quick steps? How do they, how do they move? He's got that athleticism. He's got that ability, that box out ability from basketball. What concerned me at least um, I was fine with the draft pick. I loved it. But during just the rookie camp with the Browns, um, boy, Bill Callahan, offensive line coach for the Browns, was not happy with him. He was gassed. 
He was exhausted. They were yelling at him. And he's looking a bit better this week. But any red flags Browns fans should be worried about about Dewan Jones, who, who comes in really as a rotational piece, at least to start with the hope that he will eventually go to a, a right tackle. Yeah, there were a couple of questions that came up during the Senior Bowl uh, where mm-hmm. Dewan played at this past year. And uh, Dewan was one of these guys that went uh, in the first day, practiced the first day, and then didn't do anything else after that. And that's usually a red flag for teams straight off the bat um, because it it kind of when you're when you're doing interviews and obviously this isn't the case for everyone I do want to preface by saying that but a lot of times when you're doing interviews and you know you sit out uh, the question becomes okay why are you sitting out yeah why you do you want to compete yeah. do you, like it's, what, what's going on and so what Dewan told people was that he was sitting out because he had a concussion which was unreported up until that point. And it, it was not reported by any media outlets. This was what I was sitting talking with scouts down there at the senior bowl. And uh, they called BS. If we're going to be honest, they were like, uh, hmm. how'd you get a concussion? Did you hit your door on a door frame on your head on door frame walking out? He's telling six, us. eight. Yeah, exactly. So it was kind of a, Oh, well, you know, he, he didn't have any heads to bang around with during practice because he was by far hmm. the tallest, biggest person there. They didn't see any, opportunities where he really really suffered one and so it just kind of became a okay well how how much does this guy love football mm-hmm. and i think that was the big question throughout all of the draft process with him especially when the combine came up was does this guy want to live and breathe football for a life does that was just his is he that into football and Dwan, like many other people has a lot of other interests and opportunities that are presented to him so he may not be a guy that sticks around in the league for a long time that you want to plan your, you know, your, your roster around. Right. So those are all questions that'll be answered over the next couple of years, but those were the concerns coming in with him was just how much of a desire does this guy have? Uh, does he want to play? And then how long is he going to play? Right. And, and like, if he does, if that works out and, you know, Cal again, just like on defense, the Browns have, one of not the best defensive coordinator in Jim Schwartz, you have the best offensive line coach in Bill Callahan. If Callahan can't draw that out of him, nobody's going to. And at a fourth round, what, 111th overall? You, you take the shot. If the guy works out, we'll be talking in three years. My God, a fourth round pick, and he's the starting right tackle. And if he doesn't, it's like, all right, well, you know, we took a, no one's going to blame Andrew Barry for taking a risk on, on a, an athlete like that, right? So, absolutely. You know, all good. Um, okay, I want to get into, with you a little bit here, the odds for offensive rookie of the year. And in conversation with John Vogel, NFL draft expert, newest member, resident scout of the sick media network. You can get him on Twitter at draft Vogel. Okay. So we're looking at the odds here from our friends at bet three, six, five link in the description below uh, show description. B. John Robinson. No surprise is the, the front runner, right? All the hype, all the talent. My, you can't argue with anything. However, there's a couple th- a couple players that kind of jump out. So let's go in order here. Bijan Robinson plus 300. Next favorite, Bryce Young. Anthony Richardson after that at 550. CJ Stroud at 800. Jackson Smith and Jigba plus 900. And then Jamar Gibbs uh, at plus 1100 after that. Smith and Jigba jumps out to me here uh, because you put him in Seattle. This is all predicated that Geno Smith, this wasn't a flash last year, which it very well could be. It very well could. But... If you have him come in and kind of be, I see him as that replacement for a Ty Lockett eventually. Move in, all the talent, um, not necessarily a speedster, but boy, the ball in his hands, that guy can go. 
where do you think uh, as far as the fit and the possibility of having a, a first year breakout that could lead to a potential rookie of the year for Jackson Smith and Jigba? Yeah. So it's a, it's a great question. And, you know, I, I would say that the guy, he doesn't pop at you obviously because of your Ohio state bias. It has nothing to right, do with not a fluke, but <laughs> I do, I do look at the, at the team. Right. And I don't yeah. think that the Gino Gino Smith this past year was a flash. I really don't. I think that that was 100% Gino. Uh, I've talked about this on multiple different shows, multiple different places. Gino fits the type of quarterback that Pete Carroll likes. Mm. And if you go look at Pete Carroll before Russell Wilson, the quarterbacks that they had, they were about to pay Matt Flynn to be the starter. Before Matt Flynn, yep. uh, you had, oh, dang it, uh, USC, Matt Leonard. There's another guy, Jason White. No, that was Oklahoma. I forget. There were a couple of USC quarterbacks that came through. Yeah. yeah. There were a couple – there were some USC quarterbacks that came through that were very game managers, right? Game manager types, guys that just kind of distribute the ball around, aren't going to okay. take a lot of chances, going to be relatively conservative. And that's what popped at me when I watched Geno this year was that's the type of quarterback that Pete always liked. And mm. if you remember, Pete and Russell would always bump heads, and it was usually because of Russ wanting to take chances, be aggressive, push the ball down the field. Improvise. And Pete doesn't want him to do that. Right. Yeah. Hey, stay within the offense. Stay within the structure. We don't need to be taking all these shots down the field. Of course, they're scoring a lot of points when he does, but that's just not what Pete wants. He wants to play the long game. He wants to win the control, the the uh, time possession. ball control, time yeah. of possession, and he wants to dominate. You know, through long drives, wear that defense down, keep his defense fresh, and so Geno fit that really well. Um, I think that they understand that he fit it really well because they just paid him ridiculous money this year. They've also layered the deal so that they can bring in their replacement and kind of keep him basically in a per need basis, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because he's going to make fifty million this year on that That's contract. Wild. Next year, with the in- right? <laughs> Next year with the incentives, he'll be making at tops 30 i think and then after that is 15 or 20 hmm. so when you look at that contract structure they're betting on him being just fine this year and bringing in a, a long-term replacement after that uh whether that be someone in the draft they move up make some you know may acquire uh, a higher pick to get someone i don't know what that plan looks like maybe they go through right. free agency trade who knows but that is, that does appear to be the plan so now my question becomes how many opportunities is Jackson Smith and Jigba going to have with the offensive weapons that are already there? There's no doubt that he's going to be immediately playing, playing from the slot mm-hmm. where he really made a living at Ohio State. And you've got DK Metcalf on the outside. You've got Tyler Lockett there as well. I would think that a slot receiver in that type of an offense is going to have a lot of opportunity more so than a DK Metcalf on the outside. And that's just because of the way the plays are schemed and the style mm-hmm. of the ball. So I think Stay you bring up a right. No, you bring up a very good point. You got a guy that can be dominant from the slot. That's going to make a lot of big plays. And especially after the catch and yep. has already kind of fits into that big slot role anyways, that everybody's trying to rotate to. He's going to win one-on-one opportunities with nickel defenders. And he's going to be right there where Gino can, safely see him and throw it over the middle get it out on time yeah yeah i think that i think that we could potentially be looking at 60 70 catches this year 
for Jackson Smith and a Jigba. And if he does that, then yeah, he's going to be in the running for the offensive rookie of the year. Not a bad little payout there if you get that right. Who would your pick be? Is it Robinson? That you know, if if I'm just using the obvious, it just seems like everything lines up to that. But you know, we know they like quarterbacks. Bryce Young, I'm not a believer personally. Uh, C.J. Stroud, love the talent, but Houston and Anthony Richardson's the real wild card. I think it's going to be a lot of fun to watch, but I think it's going to be an absolute roller coaster. Like this guy's going to throw like four interceptions, run for three, and throw one or something. Like it's going to be. A nightmare if you're not a, if you're a fan of that team, but but lots of fun if you're not. <laughs> you know, I think my my top guy I think is probably Jameer Gibbs. Oh, okay. And okay. and it's really because when first off the Lions took him twelfth overall, which people immediately thought was a reach, but there were several teams right after there that were going to grab him mm. if he was there. Yeah, yeah. So it wasn't a reach at all. Number two, the thing with Gibbs is. Uh, I think the thing with, well, honestly, with the rookie of the year is very heavily influenced by fantasy rankings. And so uh, production, stats, you put up some stats, you can make a lot of fantasy people happy, then you're typically going to win rookie of the year nowadays. Um, Gibbs has the potential to do that, not just Mm -hmm. as a runner, but as a receiver, because he, like Bijan, is a guy that can work to the outside and play wide receiver from that boundary. The other thing I'm looking at is it's clear to me that the Lions want to run a lot of 22 personnel this year. And what that means is you're going to have two running backs and two tight ends on the field at the same time. What does that do? Puts Amon Ra Smith out on the outside one-on-one, or Amon Ra St. Brown, excuse me, on the outside one-on-one. And now he takes off, you know, with whatever. He's going to pull some safety attention because he's a great receiver. But you're going to have David Montgomery, and you can flex – Jameer Gibbs out of the backfield and put him out wide and, and he can run routes like a wide receiver. Uh, nice. So they got, they built the tight ends too because Daniel Wright's there and then, uh, or Brock Wright, excuse me. And uh, the, the San Laporta who they drafted this year. So I'm, I just, I'm looking at this going, there's a lot of teams that are loading up to play 22 this year in the mm. NFC, especially. And the lions were the most obvious about it with their first three picks of the draft. And, that tells me that Gibbs has massive plans for the future with an, in Detroit, and he is going to probably be one of the top fantasy options from all the rookies that are here because of his usage. Uh, so I like him. And then as the wild card, it's funny because you mentioned Anthony Richardson. He's going to be fun. I like him as a wild card for the rookie of the year. It yeah. just depends how fast he starts playing. Uh, yes. How how quickly do do the Colts go? Okay, Gardner Minshew is not working. We're not playing this game. We're putting him. We're putting Anthony Richardson in. Yeah, we know uh, Minshew is. Get the kid in. Yeah. If if that's week five, Richardson's got a really good shot to put a season together where he could win it. Ultimately, I don't think Bryce mm-hmm. Young's going to have that production uh, no. as much as I love Bryce. I don't think he's going to be that kind of a quarterback, especially not year one, not with that coaching staff. And then uh, CJ's just too, he's not aggressive enough to me to put it. And Houston still, that's not a, it's still not a great team. It's still not a great team. They're, they're looking, they're looking long-term and that's not going to be something that's going to help CJ. So I like Gibbs and then I really like Anthony Richardson. Interesting. That plus 1100 year, John, for Jameer Gibbs. Okay, folks, you heard it here in, what is it? May. All right. Plus 1100 on Gibbs. All right, John. Hey, hey man. Hey, tell, let's not let's, jinx it. Let's not jinx it. Gibbs, he can't get hurt now. He can't get stay hurt. healthy. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Uh, 
listen, we'll have you back on before the season for sure and during it. Uh, but John, tell people where they can find your great work and, and all that. And again, welcome to the team, man. Thank you. Uh, yeah, we'll be starting here next week. I guess next week sometime next month. Uh, that's already next week. Yeah. So uh, we'll have our draft show here. We're going to break down a lot of really good drafts type content that no one else really does. Um, Cause everybody's got a podcast. Everybody talks about the players. Everybody talks about this, blah, blah. No one really goes into teaching and talking about how people actually scout. What are you looking mm-hmm. for? How can you see what a top tier player is? How can you see the potential? What are you, what are you looking for in the positions? Um, people have touched on it, but there's, it's never really been like the sole purpose. Um, obviously we're going to use players that are relevant, you know, going into the cycle to talk, to break down that kind of stuff, but it's really going to be more about, here's what we're looking at. Here's what we're looking for. Uh, and so more and more so teaching people to fish rather than giving them fish. So, um, outside of that Twitter at draft Vogel, uh, is Pretty much any everywhere, everything I do gets posted there. That's probably the easiest way to keep up with everything. Sounds like a good spot to the show for some dynasty fantasy uh, tips too. find those little hidden gems, right? So good stuff, Absolutely. brother. Thank you so much. Let's do it again soon. Absolutely. Thank you. Appreciate you. All right. There he is. John Vogel, NFL draft scout and newest member of the sick media franchise. He's uh, our resident scout. So very cool there. Plus 1,100 on Jamar. I keep going back to that. And, folks, you can make that bet right now. Bet365 right below anywhere in the U.S. or Bet Rivers, Ohio. The links are both there. You get some sweet sign-up bonuses right off the bat for doing it. You just click the link. Do it. Let me know, too. Let me know when you've done it. Let me know who's your offensive rookie of the year. Let me know. Okay? Hit me up down below or on Twitter at AndyMC81 at AndyMCSports. And don't forget, folks, AEW All Elite Wrestling Double or Nothing this Sunday. I can't wait. We've had lots of AEW wrestlers on the show over the last few months, right? We've had Wardlow. We've had Brian Pillman Jr. on the show. Uh, been a, a lot of fun with the Jerry the King Lawler, not AEW, but still. Uh, King is doing better, by the way. He had a, a stroke a, a few weeks ago, and he's doing much better, so that's great. Um, but this is such a, a, a packed pay-per-view. So you can actually order in the link right there internationally, available outside the U.S. internationally. So if you're not watching in the U.S. of A, you can click there. And make sure you check your local listings right there. But another question I want to know, which AEW wrestler do you think would make the best NFL player? Which all elite wrestling wrestler would make the best NFL player? Get me on social media. Hit me up there. Leave it in the comments below. For me, it's Wardlow. We had this guy on the show. You could see, go back and check in the, in the archives. The arms, the guns on this guy. Yeah, unreal. Okay. 6'4", 6'3", 6'4", 280. You can put him at linebacker. You can put him at defensive end. Be a hell of a tight end. So for me, the vote is Wardlow. So get the you can order the show this Sunday, pack show, and uh, let me know which wrestler you think it would be the best NFL player from all elite wrestling. Let's get a little bit more into this um, DeAndre Hopkins release that came out. So recently, on a recent podcast, uh, DeAndre Hopkins listed five quarterbacks he would most like to catch passes from. Now, could this be bit of a tell now that he's a free agent where he would go. What does this mean for fantasy football purposes is the point I'm getting at here. So the quarterbacks he listed, the Bills, Josh Allen, Eagles, Jalen Hurts, Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, three, no bleep, Ravens, Lamar Jackson, and Chargers, Justin Herbert. Everybody but Jackson makes a ton of sense. Now, if we're looking at it, I think the best fits, really any of them, 
I think Philadelphia's probably figured out enough with Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown, so I don't think you really need him there per se. Need, you know, great to have that type of talent. He's got baseball mitts for hands, but he's getting older too. You don't want to put him in a situation where he's going to be relied on too much because he is getting injured more. He's starting to fall a little bit into that Julio Jones fantasy football state for me where you look in and each week now you're seeing the cue, you're tracking, you're nervous. So he's kind of in that stage. For me, looking at depending where he goes, overall, probably a low-end WR2 at this stage because of the injury risk, certainly with the potential to pop up. If it's me, two spots I think he'd be tremendous in, Buffalo and the Chargers. Because the Chargers are uh, a bit of a changing of the guard on wide receiver. Justin Herbert, again, another weapon with that arm talent. And, of course, with Buffalo, with Josh Allen, well, you got Stefan Diggs, but then it's just Gabe Davis, who you could easily put into kind of a – third spot and you know just have him go go run flies but to imagine Diggs and davis Woof. Man, and of course in kansas city now the question is if he did go to the chiefs what's the money like because yeah a lot tied up in patty travis kelsey's making a bunch right there's only so much cash to go around now obviously if you could put hopkins because what was the it was kind of that committee fantasy football wise last year for the chiefs outside of travis kelsey and pat mahomes not a lot of fantasy meat you wanted to work with. Well, you had DeAndre Hopkins in a spot again where you can have Kelsey as the alpha. You got to mix up wide receiver and kind of utilize him. That would be pretty exciting. So those would be my top three landing spots for DeAndre Hopkins on fantasy football. Number one would be the Bills, then the Chiefs, then the Chargers. I think you'd be wasted in Baltimore because Lamar Jackson, I don't believe in a passer of the football. And you got OBJ there too. Good luck keeping that guy happy. Regardless, you had a super, not a true superstar to that team, going to be a nightmare. So maybe you should go to Baltimore. That's to those Ravens, right? Uh, okay, so we got uh, the from the fantasy football side. I wanted to look at one more thing here. So the yeah, so we got the rookie of the year odds there. Bijan Robinson, obviously, when we're looking at the rookies with the Falcons, I, you know what? He was going to be my consensus number one uh, rookie pick. Boy, John might have convinced me on Gibbs, man. With how the lines are lined up, the Falcons really unstable. Really unstable. I still think he's going to be a stud, but boy, I might switch Gibbs and, and Robinson as my one. I just might do that. Okay, some Browns news to finish things off. So I mentioned off the top, Browns player not showing up this week, Miles Garrett. Now, in fairness, okay, it is voluntary practices. Nick Chubb and Joel Petonio also did not show up, but those two don't really have new offenses to learn, right? Miles Garrett should be there with Jim Schwartz. Again, we could find out next week he had family issues or, or something else to attend to, and it'll be just fine. So there's lots of unknowns, and ultimately Miles Garrett's going to show up in tremendous shape and be the athletic freak that he is. But Jim Schwartz has made a career out of elevating pass rushers and making them into superstars miles garrett remember guys as good as he is as much as we love miles he's never gotten a vote for defensive player of the year never not once for as good as he is not once so could jim schwartz do that is that not something you want to be a part of there zadarius smith's there and the mindset of zadarius smith i think is really interesting because this guy comes from a winning culture he's won five division titles on different different teams with the ravens packers and vikings and he came in and he said the goal first, people talk about Super Bowls, I'm paraphrasing, but he said, what people need to look at on this team is division. Division is the first step. You win the division, then you get the home playoff game. Then you can get on a roll, not just make the playoffs 
and not just the big pie in the sky Super Bowl. You go by the steps. So Darius Smith was also asked about uh, how important is uh, defensive player of the year? He's right away. I don't care about that. I care about winning. Different mindset to Miles Garrett, who every year talks about defensive player of the year. Maybe Zadarius Smith can give some, whether it's open or just osmosis, just absorbing it from Miles Garrett, can get that leadership angle from a veteran and like, hey man, those individual awards, they're nice. But how about the team wins? How about that? That's what I hope Zadarius Smith brings to the table. And he, he mentioned too, his because we got some messages to the, the sack fall off from last year. And he said, look, I was battling through an injury, but I was getting paid 200,000 bucks for dressing every week. Wouldn't you? Hell yeah, I would. Right. So he made a joke of it. Like, yeah, he was getting paid to suit up. So he wasn't at a hundred percent, but 200 grand a game. Well, yeah, you know, I put on a shoulder pair of shoulder pads and try it out there as well. So that's a bit of a difference there. All their news out of training camp. If you guys have seen the Brown social media, Elijah Moore, Oh, like Cedric Tillman looked real good catching. I, I love the block. He looks smooth. But Elijah Moore, watch in those clips. Watch the wiggle. And by that, I mean not just the speed. When he catches the ball, those little shimmies. Just little, just the quick feet, the shoulders, the movement. Just that little bit that makes people miss. Elijah Moore, this guy's primed, I think, have a breakout year. Remember, still on his rookie contract, still looking to earn that big contract. And I want some shares of him on my fantasy football team. I'm not sure where I'd place him. Might end up flex, might end up just bench depth. But PPR, him and Deshaun Watson got some nice chemistry going. So there's the latest Browns news. We'll be back next week. More fantasy football talk, more Browns news and notes there. Hit me up on social media at AndyMC81. Give me a follow there at Browns Instagram at AndyMCSports. Click the notification bell here. Click subscribe, share the link. We'd love to leave your messages below as well. I want to know, a couple things. Who's going to be the offensive rookie of the year? Okay. With the odds, you know, uh, Jamar Gibbs plus 1100 right now. Uh, who's going to be the offensive rookie of the year? And which all elite wrestling wrestler for this Sunday's double or nothing, link below you can order, would be the best NFL player? Which wrestler would be in AEW would be the best NFL player? So do that. Check out the links in the show description. And we will see you next week. Thanks to John. Thanks to Sammy. Thanks to the whole crew. Until next time, you've been watching The Sick Podcast with Andy McNamara. Go Browns! And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow The Sick Podcast with Andy McNamara on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.